This conversation is brought to you in part by Calavo Growers, the family of fresh. Hey there, everybody. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, whatever it is in your life. We appreciate you being here and hanging out with us. I am extremely pumped today. I've said it before. I'm going to say it again. I'm a spider monkey jacked up on Mountain Dew today for my guest. I'm excited about what we're going to talk about. This is a very important issue to me. It's something that we believe in, something we want to talk about. We want to educate some folks that maybe don't have an understanding of what farm aid is, but we're going to do it today. So please, everybody, give it up for my friend, the director of communications, director, director of communications, whatever direction, whatever direction you want to do. That was funny. I made something up. I'm already getting jokes going. I haven't even started. Please welcome Jennifer Fahey. Welcome and thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited for our conversation today. I am too. I'm a big fan of what um, Farm Aid's all about. I've been to several. The first one I went to was a long time ago. I think they played with covered wagons back in 2005. I don't remember it. It was, I don't know if it was electricity so long ago. But such an amazing experience and such an amazing group. And I'm thrilled that you're here. We're going to talk about the show coming up in a couple of weeks in September, uh, how people can get involved, talk about the organization as a whole. So I'm really, really thrilled about that. If you wouldn't mind really quick, though, tell everybody who you are. Give everybody a little 411 about your background so people know, because uh, you, you've been a farm aid for more than a week or two. That's for sure. Yes, um, coming up on 20 years, um, and I came to FarmAid not as a person very well-versed in agriculture at all. Um, in fact, my first vacation was uh, a week on a farm um, as a volunteer, learning how to farm <laughs> and what it all means. Um, that was a tough I, week. That was a tough it, week. It was one of my favorite weeks, um, and it was a vacation Um and I worked my tail off and I learned so much. And uh, yeah, um, I came to Farm Aid, um, let's see, having survived the dot-com boom, <laughs> um, a return to uh, grad school, a, uh, a gig uh, on a campaign, um, and realizing that uh, what I really wanted to do was support nonprofit organizations to do some good things in the world. Um, I had worked as a volunteer in nonprofits and had a little bit of experience and somehow managed my way into farm aid um, in an operational role and uh, over the years um, came to fill in a gap in the communications role. And um, so that's been more on the job learning. And um, I'm just, um, I found my place there, you know, yeah. I found my mission um, to support family farmers and um, it, it, has just become more crucial with each year uh, that I've been with the organization. I, I remember in 2002 when I started, we had some folks who said, well, this whole local farmer thing is a fad. Um, this, this farmer's market thing isn't going to last. And um, it's only grown year by year. And I'm thrilled that Farm Aid has been a, a small part of that, uh, that improvement in our society. It. I love it. I can't wait to get into it. Talk about it. for those that don't know, right. You know, we, and, Farm Aid's been around quite a while. Farm Aid's been around since 1985. And, and I'm going to give a little backstory and then we're going to get into what's going on and stuff. But Farm Aid was really a byproduct of something Bob Dylan said at Live Aid concert about, hey, wouldn't it be great if we did something for our farmers here? And so then you get the likes of Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, who wasn't John Mellencamp back then, and Neil Young going, hey, you're right, we ought to do something. And literally six weeks later, these guys put together a concert outside of, uh, or, excuse me, Champaign, Illinois, um, 
in front of almost 80,000 people and kicked off Farm Aid um, for the very first time. And it was amazing because you had, I mean, what Dylan was there, Billy Joel, BB King, Loretta Lynn, Roy Orbison, Bonnie Ray, Tom Petty, and a bunch of other people just all showed up on a website. Yeah, let's go do this. And here we are in you know, 2022, talking about Farm Aid coming up in uh, September 24th in Raleigh, North Carolina. So I'm excited to get into this and tell people what Farm Aid is all about, because I think there's a lot of folks that think, oh, it's just a concert. That's great. It is so much bigger than that. It is such a big organization doing such heavy lifting for our country and for the American farmer that I, it, we have to celebrate. And that's why I'm so stoked you're here. So let's open it up with kind of what is Farm Aid as our opening volley over to you. Um, well, you mentioned Willie Nelson, John Mellencamp, and Neil Young. They are the founders. Um, and they very openly say to this day, you know, we didn't know we were creating an organization. Um, we didn't know we'd be doing this 37 years later. Yeah. Um, they thought, you know, we'll call attention to this problem. People will realize that family farmers are essential and we've got to do something. Um, they all went to Washington uh, right after the first uh, concert and testified before the Senate Ag Committee. And um, they did make some major changes. Uh, we, the organization raised $7 million that first concert. It was distributed almost immediately to organizations, which also were not yet organizations. They were right. coalitions of people who were standing up and saying, this is happening across our rural and farm communities, and, and this can't happen. We've got to do something. Um, and so, you know, a lot of organizations were actually kind of really founded around that time with Farm Aid funding, um, right. the National Family Farm Coalition, the Farmers Legal Action Group. Um, in 1987, with all of the work that started to happen around that time on policy, um, the Farm Credit Act of 1987 was passed, and that put a moratorium on farm foreclosures. Um, up until that point, hundreds of thousands of farmers were foreclosed on. Um, and for people who weren't around during that time, I relate it to the 2008 mortgage crisis that we had yeah. here in the U.S. Similar situation. Um, farmers were encouraged, like homeowners in 2008 and leading up to that, to really take out as much money as possible. You know, um, the, the goal at that time was to feed the world, um, feed a growing export market, grow fence row to fence row, as the agriculture secretary put it. And um, we know... Uh, Overproduction in agriculture is not sustainable. Um, and what happened was the export markets uh, dried up for many different reasons. Farmers' crops were worth almost nothing. Uh, they couldn't pay off those loans. They lost their farms. Um, and it was a crisis. Um, yeah. It was abated with the passage of the Farm Credit Act of 87. And, you know, I think maybe at that point, Willie and John and Neil said, well, we've we've called attention and we've got some policy change here and we've got people on board recognizing that family farmers are crucial for all of us. Um, but then, you know, I think the movement took its next turn, um, which was into fighting factory farms. Um, suddenly we were hearing from rural and farm uh, organizations across the country saying we've got these hog farms moving in. The price of hogs is nothing now. We can't sell our hogs that we've been raising. Right. And we've also got these giant factory farms that are, um, you know, polluting our communities and making it so that people can't go outside of their homes. They've got fly infestation. They've got terrible smells um, and their property values are dropping. And so yeah. that was kind of the next 
the next iteration of um, this movement, really looking at, okay, industrial agriculture and large-scale corporate-owned agriculture, and how is that impacting our rural communities and our water and soil and the farmers that are, you know, trying to stay and keep their family farm. Um, so that's still an issue today. Yeah. But also in the 2000s, I think of that as the next wave of farm aid. That's the time when people really began to think about where is my food coming from? Who's growing it? How is it grown? Um, we saw the rise of farmers markets. We saw the rise of community supported agriculture or CSAs um, and uh, farm to table, you know, in restaurants and, and in schools and in hospitals and other institutions. Um, so, uh, and as we were talking before, when I started at Farm Aid in 2002, uh, people said, well, this is a fad. Um, this isn't going to last. And right. it has not just lasted, it has grown. And more people, especially with the COVID pandemic, it became so clear how essential farmers are. People were contacting Farm Aid, they were contacting other organizations and, and local farms to say, how can I get local food? How can I know yeah. how this was produced and what kind of value it has to my family? Um, and supporting those local farmers. So now this year with our, our messaging around the festival, we're looking at climate change yeah. um, because just as they were in COVID, family farmers are essential to helping us address our climate crisis. And, um, you know, that's the next challenge. So family farmers have been there for us, helping us approach and um, solve our challenges. And, and we believe strongly they've got to be uh, at the table for us in this fight on the climate. And um, they are, they have tremendous capacity to help us solve our climate problem. And um, well, thank gosh, they're still there. And, and thank yeah. goodness for Willie and John and Neil and so many Margot Price and Dave Matthews, yeah. so many artists, more than 500 artists have come year after year to our festival and played free of charge, covering all their own expenses because they recognize the value of family farmers and want to do what they can to support them. Thanks for joining the Toddversation. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Nelia Alamo at Calavo. Thanks for listening to Toddversations. At Calavo, we are the family of fresh. For almost 100 years, our passion has been bringing delicious and nutritious food to your table. From tasty, wholesome produce to our freshly prepared foods, Calavo is a global leader in the finest quality produce and a pioneer of healthy, fresh-cut fruits, vegetables, and prepared foods. Whether it's our farm-fresh avocados, tomatoes, Hawaiian papayas, or chef-inspired solutions including fresh-cut fruits, veggies, guacamole, and much more, Calavo takes pride in delivering our fabulously fresh products every day. It's our promise from our foodie family to yours. Check us out at Calavo.com and learn why we are excited about your fresh possibilities ahead. No doubt. Well, you know, you brought up something that I don't think a lot of people realize. Being one that's been, uh, you know, around agriculture for a long period of time, when Farm Aid started up and started to do what they did and getting the message out into the mainstream, because let's face it, Willie Nelson, John Mellicat, Neil Young, they're going to say something, the media is going to grab it, Right. I believe that if it wasn't for what they have done, the story of the decline of the American farmer would not have been in the public eye the way that it is. I completely credit them for that um, because it was not a story that I think a lot of people understood outside of the small area that was affected, right? I mean, if you're, 
if you're in Los Angeles, you didn't give a rip or you didn't hear about it. And I think they did such a good job of elevating that. Um, because I can recall when, when they were getting into the factory farming time and talking about things, you know, the, the scary topics that people don't want to talk about that we need to talk about because the only way we're going to change this planet, you know, for the next generation to come, you know, or the aliens, when they come, they need a nicer place too. Um, but they pissed a lot of people off. There was a lot of negativity around farm aid. To your point, it's a fad. They were trying to spin this thing backwards because that factory farm mentality, some of these things that were going on were not overly popular. And to your point, 37 years later, you're standing here kicking ass. You add Dave Matthews to your board back in 2001, um, which I had the pleasure of meeting him in 2000, whatever it was, 11, uh, and hung out with him with my daughter for a little bit. What a, what a great guy and a heart of gold that's so passionate about this. You know, to have that a personal experience, you know, it sounds campy to say, glad I've never talked to Willie about it. And I've been buying backstage just in that. But, you know, to hear Dave talk about it, it's like, holy crap, I can see why he did this. And he throw Margot Price in in 2021. It's a powerful group of people that you have pushing this message along now with such a broad brushstroke of the American consumer and the American farmer and everything else. It's such an important initiative. And I think people need to look back as we talk about looking forward and how we're going to make help and recognize the pillars that these three guys laid down, the gauntlet they threw down and the eyes they opened up is incredibly, incredibly impactful when you get into the weeds a little bit on it and learn from it. When I think about farming, and I, and I know that we talked about a lot here earlier, but I, if you wouldn't mind, could you maybe just put into perspective what its true mission is and what it's really trying to accomplish? And then I want to get into a few of the things that you guys accomplished. I want to drill down to a couple of them because I think they're important that people understand what these are as we break farming down a little bit. Our mission coming out of the 80s um, was to keep family farmers on the land. Right. Um, and that's true to this day. Um, Willie, when he did the concert initially, it was to raise money and equally to raise awareness. So it's, it's a real educational component um, that's crucial to Farm Aid about bringing people in um, and, and helping them see how family farmers can increase the quality of their life, right? Yeah. Um, and I always touch on the fact that we are so lucky at Farm Aid. Um, we, we aren't delivering doom and gloom news. We aren't. No. Um, we are bringing something positive to people, um, connecting them to the roots of their food, um, brings an authenticity to their life, which is something that people are searching for always. Um, it brings joy. You know, when you grow your first tomato or when you go to the farmer's market and, and make that connection with a farmer, um, that increases the quality of your life. It brings joy. It's such a pleasure to do that kind of work. Yes, we have to also deliver bad news. We have to talk about how farmers don't earn a fair shake um, in the marketplace. And they're always struggling to compete in an um, increasingly consolidated and industrialized food system. We have to talk about how climate change is impacting farmers. I, I just um, yeah. wrote a piece for our website about what farmers are dealing with right now on the ground across the country. Confusing things in one area, you know, too much rain in another area, no rain at all. Um, and farmers are so deeply impacted um, yeah. by the climate and by weather. Um, something we don't all think about, you know, we take, we might take it for granted when we're um, eating our food, all the challenges they're up against. So there are hard things for us to talk about. And also 
Farm Aid is about music, it's about food, um, and it's about connection. And those yeah. are just incredibly good things to be able to bring people together around. And that's why Farm Aid has been so successful. It's it's a funny, uh, I mean, it's a it's a remarkable combination of things that that draw people in um, and give us the opportunity to really talk about okay, what are the issues here? What where's the inequity in our food system? Right. Um, where can we be better advocates for policy that can change the system? Um, where can we just provide emotional support for farmers for the hard job that they do every single day for all of us? Um, so, yeah, so Farm Aid, you know, we raised $7 million, uh, $7 million with that first concert. The money immediately went out the door right. to rural agencies, um, uh, grassroots organizations, to just people... Um, providing support to farmers by answering the kitchen phone, you know, and, and counseling farmers and sitting on the line with them as they shared their challenges back then in the hardest times. Um, we still uh, support a network of organizations across the country that are working directly with farmers. We have a hotline for farmers, 1-800-FARM-AID, and we have a team of hotline operators that answer those calls and direct farmers to resources that can provide the personalized um, help that they need, whether it's legal or financial or um, stress and mental health counseling. Right. Uh, we can connect farmers to each other. Uh, that's that's really critical during the 80s as the farm crisis was unfolding. A lot of farmers were not, you know, it's sort of in their culture not to open up about feelings or the challenges that they're feeling. Um, and an important part of that 1980s farm movement was connecting farmers and helping them to see, well, I'm not in this alone. It's not just me suffering. Right. And it's not my fault that my farm is suffering. You know, yeah. it's market forces, it's um, it's policy, it's corporate forces. Um, and that has been really critical. Um, the public education piece is really important. We do policy advocacy as well still, starting with that 1987 Credit Act, but going right up through every farm bill. And, right. and right now we're advocating for the uh, the Inflation Reduction Act, which doesn't sound like it has anything to do with agriculture, and it has everything to do with agriculture and, and really putting some more money into helping farmers be climate resilient and help us solve our climate challenge um, and be more uh, sustainable in our farm and food production. Um, so it runs the gamut what Farm Aid does, but, you know, it, it has remained true to that initial um, mission of keeping farmers on the land, recognizing their value to all of us um, and, and spreading the word and doing it in a way that really engages people and brings them into the, the process yeah. through direct participation. I love it. Well, yeah, I, I want to drill into that a little bit more. You know, you said, you said something um, earlier that I think is worth mentioning. If people have never met a farmer, you, you owe yourself that opportunity once in your lifetime to go meet a farmer, go to a farmer's market, whatever it might be. There is a sense of pride that's in no other human being that's in a, that's in a farmer. And I don't care if they're from Wisconsin. I don't care if they're from Iowa. I don't care if they're from Salinas. It's from Yakima. If they're from Brownsville, if they're from Lakeland, it doesn't matter. That pride is in their bloodstream. And I don't know, you know, if, if it's from the great mighty corn stalk in the sky that they all got DNA from or what, but It'll absolutely change you to spend time with a farmer and listen to what they have to say, but listen to the sense of pride they have for what they do for their family and for other families that they don't even know who the hell they are, but they do it every day. They get up in shitty weather. They get up in good weather. 
you know, rain, sun, what we're going to, your cards were dealt. It's an amazing experience. So my call out to people, my first call out besides support farm aid is to go meet a farmer. It'll change you. It really will. It changed me. And look where I've been doing this now, almost 40 years. I, you know, it's, it's something that's absolutely so powerful. I want to talk a little bit, you touched on a couple of things. I want to drill a little bit deeper on them if we can, because there's some really cool things that you guys have accomplished. We talk about, you know, you're promoting, you know, uh, food for fam- from family farms, growing the good food movement, helping farmers thrive, and then taking actions to change the system. And I want to talk a little bit about promoting food from the farms. And I know that one of the big things is, is keeping farmers on their land and keeping it rolling because, Food insecurity is a word that's being used a lot more today. That and food waste is another great one. But food insecurity is something that, quite frankly, we need to take a lot more serious. Because if a country does not have food, it doesn't matter how many weapons you have, your country is going to just, it's going to demise. It's going to go, you know, it's a really big problem. We've got to be mindful of how many people we have, how many people are coming, and how we're going to support that. So can you touch a little bit about, maybe get a little deeper into the fact, you know, how you're promoting that out? keeping folks on the farm? Yeah. So um, promoting these uh, these sort of titles you've mentioned refer to um, our program areas. Um, so, yeah. uh, you know, the, the work that we do um, for farmers and for eaters falls under those categories. So promoting food from family farms is really, you know, a lot of public education about your food comes from farmers. It doesn't just come from the supermarket. <laughs> it no. starts with the farmer. Um, one of the main um, ways that that is actualized is at our festival, and it's called Homegrown Concessions. Yeah, yeah. Um, you've enjoyed it. <laughs> it is, again, the most joyful and sort of um, physical way that we can translate our work. Um, you go to a concert you go to the concession stands, you are eating food, you know, and especially Farm Aid is a 12 hour day. Um, You're eating a lot of food. And um, it became very clear to us that we have to figure out how this food reflects our values. Um, We don't want you to come to a farm, you know, know, anonymous hot dog that you don't know where it came from, um, how it was raised, um, what the values are behind that hot dog. So um, in 2007, we started Homegrown Concessions, and with each of our venues where Farm Aid plays and and Farm Aid moves our festival around the country, so we're in a different place each year, um, we we make it a deal point with that venue that we are going to be able to source the ingredients for all of the concessions that are served, not just behind the scenes, you know, backstage for the artists, but front of house for 20,000 festival goers, they're going to eat family farm food. And our criteria is the product comes from a family farm, the farmer received a fair price, and there's some kind of ecological standard there. So it's it's raised locally, it's raised organically, it's grass-fed, um, there are cover crops incorporated into the production. You know, there's some kind of standard that says this food is good for the soil and water and our planet. I love um, it. And we are able to, you know, it's it's been a, a tough row to hoe. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the start, um, you know, food service was resistant to the idea that they couldn't just pick up the phone and call one number and, and order a delivery for everything they need for that day. Right. Um, we gave them a list of approved um, vendors and we 
over the years also began to work with their chefs to incorporate new menu items. So, you know, if you go to a typical concert, you probably can't order um, a fresh vegetable dish or a salad. You can at Farm Aid. Um, And it's going to come from local organic farms. Um, It's going to include, you know, some kind of local cheese. Oftentimes, this is the best part that I love. Um, You might end up meeting the farmer who raised your lunch. Um, (laughs) And then, you know, as we head to the Southeast for this year's festival, incorporating that local food culture as well, incorporating local chefs. Um, my favorite thing at our first show in North Carolina in 2014 was a pawpaw slush. Um, pawpaw is a very um, regional fruit um, right. in the Southeast. It is delicious. And this was, it just blew my mind. It was so good. Um, and I've mentioned that to a few people actually in doing interviews for this year's show with local radio DJs. And I've mentioned this food item and they've said, what's a pawpaw? Pawpaw. <laughs> They don't even know their own food culture. Um, And um, so that's a big part of it, highlighting what the local food culture is, um, who the producers are, who the chefs are. um, And and it all boils down to this food came from a family farm. So that's walking the walk on promoting food from family farms. Um, We also make grants to organizations that send us grant proposals that fall into that category. Um, and it's it's really about showcasing farmers and, and our communications as well. We do farmer hero stories. We create videos sharing the work of farmers. That's all about inspiring people to make food choices um, that are grounded in. I want to know who my farmer is and, yeah. and how. It's incredibly impactful when people actually can get a story behind their food. To your point, you go through the drive through. It's like, eh, what? No, quick, quick meal, move on. But when you have that opportunity to exchange like that and interact like that, it's it it changes people. And I think that that's one of the really cool things. And I know that it had to be an absolute pain in the ass to try to pull that off. Oh, it had to be. I mean, it continues to be. We have a team of people yeah. who work on it. Glenda Yoder, our associate director, started She's it. Awesome. She works with an incredible woman out of Chicago, Sonia, um, who is our for we call her the forager, and um, she is out there, you know, convincing the chefs and saying, well. Yep, I know that's your usual mayonnaise, but we're going to use a mayonnaise that's organic or non-GMO. Um, and, you know, um, the chefs, if they're initially resistant, end up being so proud of what they accomplish. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. Legends Legends is the organization, the company that we work with in um, the Live Nation venues. And they are such a joy to work with. They love the work and um, chefs want to serve good food. And, um, and, you know, through homegrown concessions, we do that, not just tasty food, but food with values. That are it's, it's legit. There's no two ways about it. It's legit. And it's really impressive. I mean, to your point, you're, you're getting a vegetable plate at a concert. That's usually not the case. It's just, you know, what size beer do you want? And I think it's some pretty, I think it's pretty cool to do it, but you know, it, it leads me to this to kind of the, the second kind of accomplishment, which is growing, you know, the good food movement. And and, and I don't need to get deep in it because I think we just touched on it. I mean, you've, we've got to create more markets and more opportunity for people. And you're absolutely doing that by putting this out in front of folks like you are. And I mean, look, that is a big financial burden. It's a big financial. It is probably not a winning proposition to try to make this thing work through our food service sector. It's tough. I get it. You know, and so to be able to put that food out in front of those 20,000 people, but beyond that, you know, it, it's 
it's 20,000 people that saw it today, but then they went and told three other people who told two other people who told four other people. And next thing you know, again, this movement grows. And it's just, it's again, super, super powerful. It's a really cool, it's a really cool part of the experience of going to farm it. I will get in in a second to the homegrown village, but I want to stay in this point because I, I, I don't want to miss what you were talking about, about one hundred farm aid and be able to go talk about how, you know, you guys are helping farmers thrive. I, I got to go back to that because it's, it's, it's important to me to continue to talk about that phone has been answered since like 1985. So that number is just not something that popped up. I mean, that number has been there time in and time out in times of crisis, in times of need, in times of, you know, fellowship, whatever it might need to happen to get a farmer a voice that somebody can listen to try to help. And I don't think people recognize the lift that a, a small family farm in this country goes through every single day to survive and serve their communities. It's incredibly powerful. So I wanted to just to go back to that really quick and just throw that out there for people so they realize that this is legit. This is really, you know, again, it's about those, those three lifting up the pillars and these pillars keep growing and you keep lifting more and more and more. It's pretty, pretty impressive. Um, go ahead. I was just going to mention that, um, the hotline has been answered since 1985. It wasn't wow. intentional initially. Um, it was a number for donations to be collected on. Yeah. Um, and farmers began calling it because it was the first time that there was a national recognition that farmers were suffering this and they weren't alone. And it was a place they could reach out for help. And they could do yeah. it anonymously because as I mentioned, farmers are often so resilient um, and, you know, they come out of many cultures that just say, put your head down and do the work. Don't call attention to the challenges you have. Just get it done. And um, so that's how the hotline started. Um, and recently, when there was a recognition um, in the past time, time since COVID is really hard to calculate, but um, <laughs> maybe the uh, is six, it, this is this is like the 600 day of like March yeah, 11th, exactly. 2020. I don't even know anymore. Yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah. But about six to eight years ago, there became um, a, a real public recognition of the challenge that farmers have um, with oh. stress and, um, and mental health. And there was quite a lot of publicity about the suicide rates of people working in agriculture. Um, and uh, there was some policy effort behind that, and um, the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network came about as a federal program to support farmers, uh, and Farm Aid's hotline was recognized as a model for that. Um, so Farm Aid has been working with a coalition of organizations in the Northeast to really head up the Northeast region of the Farm and Ranch Stress Assistance Network. That has enabled us to hire more operators um, and we now have a Spanish speaking operator, so we can also talk with, um, you know, Spanish language speakers, um, without, you know, translation, talk to them right. directly. Right. Um, and, um, and that's increased the resources available for farmers. It's been incredible. And so in the next farm bill, we're going to be advocating for continued funding of that program, which has been really important, um, in terms of, um, enabling us to deepen our service to farmers, but also to spread it across the country. Um, we now have a team of six people who are answering our hotline. Uh, well, yeah. seven with, with the primarily Spanish speaking operator. So seven now, um, which is tremendous. Um, direct service to farmers is, has been a, a difficult um, 
service to get people interested in funding yeah. um, for, for a lot of our organizations. And over the years, the network has really been deteriorating, you know, as, as rural communities um, have um, lost population bases and, and lost funding um, through state and federal programs. It's, it's really been um, something that's taken a hit. And so to see the federal commitment to fund that work um, and to strengthen it has been really important. So no doubt. Um, yeah, that leads us right into policy. If we want to talk well, about that, <laughs> I do, I do. Well, you know, and, and look, and it goes kind of to that fourth accomplishment too, and leading us into it is is taking action to change the system. And I mean, let's just be honest. Farm Aid's been standing up, fighting for people since 1985, right, and continues to do so. But I and I say that with a sense of pride because I I, I believe strongly with the organization. But the same token, it's like at some point. We don't need any more farm aid countries because we're doing the right thing for our farmers in this country, right? I mean, and I don't mean that flippantly, but I mean, the truth of the matter is 37 years and we're still fighting these fights to try to help the American farmers survive and, and continue to thrive. And because they're so valuable in so many communities that we have no idea of because we don't get that picture that you guys so graciously provide every year with your events and to try to broaden people's perspective. So I want to get into some of the heavy lifting that farm aid's doing. You talked about farm policy, um, which is a, which is a crazy topic. It, you know, the farm bill in this country is it, it is it is a maze. If you've seen a corn maze, just imagine one that starts in California and you finally get to the end of it, like in Vermont, right? It is a maze of people and needs and asks and wants. It's it's a massive process. I mean, it's it's a two three year process of negotiation to get a bill done, and then they start right back over again every five. Right? It's it's crazy. So talk a little bit about why uniting voices matter. You know, like you're doing in farm policy, because I think it's important that people hear that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, strength in numbers, of course, um, but also you know, in our country, we're so divided right now, and yet we have so many of the same values. Even if we're on opposite side of the political spectrum, we often can find common ground when we start to talk about our values. So, um, you know, people want clean water and healthy soil. They want clean air to breathe. They want thriving communities, whether it's a rural community or an urban community. They want access to the outdoors um, and, you know, beautiful environments that feed our souls like farms, yeah. you know, like, like clean rivers that have ducks on them. Um, you know, hunters and farmers coming together to support um, duck populations. That's, those are really important coalitions. So, you know, I think with every farm bill, the coalition that is working to support sustainable agriculture gets bigger and wider and more inclusive Um equity in agriculture is so important. You know, the U.S. Department of Agriculture has a history of discrimination and, and blatant racism against farmers of color. Um, we're building those coalitions. Um, there are, you know, farmers, um, white farmers who are standing up to say, you know what, it's, it's right that we're supporting farmers of color more and, and more deeply because there has been that history. And, um, and we need to you know, correct that. Um, so those, those coalitions come together when we can talk about our shared values um, yeah. and when we can understand that this, this kind of agriculture benefits all of us. And so how are we going to work together? 
um, a lot of the work that Farm Aid does on policy is, it, I mean, all of it is in coalition with other organizations, with sure. farm groups across the U.S., um, we're a member of the National Sustainable Agriculture Coalition, which is a critical voice in advancing sustainable agriculture in D.C. Um, we don't have a lobbyist up in D.C. Um, we, we see our role very much as um, bringing people in, you know, especially eaters, because the farm bill is, you know, this, this. Oh, it's not. It's <laughs> Nobody's going to read it. Um, but it impacts all of us and um, it, it impacts each of us so deeply. Yeah. Um, it, it ranges from, um, you know, dealing with issues of food security, like we touched on earlier, um, to helping farmers do conservation practices on their farms, um, uh, to, you know, those disaster programs that are so critical, especially right now as we deal with all these extreme weather events exacerbated by climate change. Mm -hmm. um, it impacts all of us. And so the more people we can bring in to help them see their connection to it and become a voice for it is critical. Um, and then there's, you know, there's the state based organi organizing, um, yeah. and that really relates to Minnesota, who are each battling in their own state what is happening um, with um, factory farms and water right. quality. Right. Um, and they're, you know, it's, it's cows in the Pacific Northwest, it's cows in Minnesota, it's poultry and hogs in um, North Carolina, it's hogs in, in Missouri, but their, their challenges are the same. So building that coalition to strengthen the overall um, work of all of those groups, um, even as it's individualized in their own communities and states, but um, but it's the it's the same it's the same uh, battle for the values right. of sustainable agriculture. Individual farmers, people who want to farm in ways that are good for all of us. So um, yeah, yeah, building those coalitions, bringing people in, and helping them realize how much policy impacts them and you know policy can be it's a big boring. job <laughs> oh yeah no it, it, it can't can be, be it can be but it's such a big job and you, and you, it is yeah and it's a big pot of money and it's a big there's there's a gazillion hands trying to grab at it but you know it, it's it's a fascinating process to be a part of you know and i and then truly the lift that you guys are doing is so incredibly important when it comes that's to how that. we change the system you know? yeah that's how we change the system and it's 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 at the level of going to DC in a suit, you know, and talking to your Congress people, it's also at the level of showing up locally and lending your support to a local farm or, um, or standing up and saying, we don't want these factory farms polluting our water. Um, so it really ranges and there's, there's a place for everyone to plug in. Absolutely. It's super important. You know, one of the areas that, that Farm Aid brought to, I think the forefront again, uh, besides, you know, talking about the family farmer itself in this country was the topic of GMOs. And I mean, I know Neil Young was really vocal early, um, but it became a part of your mantra at, at Farm Aid. Uh, and it's a kind of a scary topic, right? I mean, I, I'm a big believer that, you know, we should work with Mother Nature, but I don't think we should act like Mother Nature. I think that's dangerous. Um, and I know that that's a big issue for you guys. And if you wouldn't mind touching on it a little bit, why does it matter? 
Yeah, I think um, farming comes at it from a different angle than than maybe most people think about. I think most people think about the health implications, you know, and the the um, the way that we don't know exactly if we unleash this technology, what does it mean, and what mm-hmm. impacts can it have? For farm aid, it's always been about what, how does this impact farmers? Um, yeah, and farm aid first got involved at the request. I mean, this has always been the case. When an issue comes to us, it's coming from farmers. So with factory farms, it came from farmers saying, we can't sell our hogs anymore. There's no market here anymore because it's been completely um, gutted um, by an oversupply of hogs. With GMOs, farmers came and said, you know, we really need to understand the seed dealers are coming to us and touting this new technology. And we don't really understand the technology and they're not being clear with us about what it means. And um, and the the first work that Farmay did was to fund the farmer to farmer campaign on genetic engineering, which was just about sharing experiences. Yes, you know, I bought those seeds, and this has been my experience. I you know I I believe in it, or I don't believe in it. It wasn't necessarily that Farmay weighed in immediately on the issue, um, one side or the other, but really about farmers need transparency. They need to understand yeah. what they're entering into. Um, you know, in the time that it was since it's been introduced, we we have seen the impact and it's on farmer livelihoods. Um, the cost of corn and soy, which were the first genetically engineered products, um, went up by about 300 um, percent in a span of about 20 years. And um, yes, production increased. That has been the main driver of genetically altered seeds, you know, to produce more. Um, but it hasn't necessarily gone up enough to justify that increase of 300%. Farmers are already working with small margins. Right. Um, and the consolidation and the corporate control that these, you know, basically three companies that are producing these seeds have um, means that farmers are making less. Um, and so that, and, and farmers don't have control. Um, they're signing contracts. Um, and and giving away their a lot, a lot, a lot, <laughs> a lot. and they're buying into a, a protocol. You know, most most of these contracts mean you have to use this insecticide and these chemicals, and those are also increased in cost. Right. Um, and um, so, you know, for us, it's does the farmer have decision making power? Um, is this returning a fair price to farmers? Um, and the answer so far has been no. Yeah, well, so, it's like a force, it's a force dependence, right? right? I mean, in a lot of ways. And if you take a look now at the industry with what it is, I mean, go find soy that doesn't have some kind of trace of a GMO in it anymore. And if you don't want that in your body, if it, you know, it's, it's your own personal choice, uh, but you don't get a choice anymore, right? It's that force dependence and it's, it's dangerous. It really is. And I think that we, you know, again, work with mother nature. Don't be mother nature. Right. Yeah. It's kind of scary. I'd like to talk a little bit, and you touched on it earlier, and I think it's just important that we talk about it because climate is a big part of farm aid for this year and what you guys are talking about and where things are going. It's going to be a big part of the conversation in agriculture for a long time to come um, because, look, it's not raining out here in California much, and uh, it's getting hotter everywhere, and you know, the earth is doing what the earth has been doing for a very long time, and we're witnessing some of that. 
Granted, we're probably pushing it a little quicker than it needs to go, but nonetheless, the earth is doing its thing too. So touch me a little bit about soil, water, and climate and how these are working together and what FarmAid thinks about them and, and how you guys are working on all three of these. Thanks for joining the Toddversation. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hi, this is Nelia Alamo at Calavo. Thanks for listening to Toddversations. At Calavo, we are the family of fresh. For almost 100 years, our passion has been bringing delicious and nutritious food to your table. From tasty, wholesome produce to our freshly prepared foods, Calavo is a global leader in the finest quality produce and a pioneer of healthy, fresh-cut fruits, vegetables, and prepared foods. Whether it's our farm-fresh avocados, tomatoes, Hawaiian papayas, or chef-inspired solutions including fresh-cut fruits, veggies, guacamole, and much more, Calavo takes pride in delivering our fabulously fresh products every day. It's our promise from our foodie family to yours. Check us out at Calavo.com and learn why we are excited about your fresh possibilities ahead. Well, we are focusing on climate change this year because farmers are absolutely critical to the solution. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, you know, people are so focused on cows and cow farts and burps. Yeah. <laughs> and the yeah. reality is the biggest impact on climate change right now is in how we manage our soil. Um, and farmers are the ones managing our soil. Um, yeah. So if we want to keep uh, carbon in the ground, if we want to take it out of the atmosphere and get it in the ground, farmers can do that. Um, they can't do it on their own. We need to make sure that we're supporting them in that. And, you know, that, that comes down to dollars. Um, there's, there are ways of farming that are going to be beneficial to climate. They're going to require different kinds of equipment or different methods. A lot of them are a little more intensive. Um, so how are we making sure that farmers are able to make those changes on their farm? How are we supporting them financially to do that? Um, and that benefits all of us. Um, mm -hmm. So that's that's a big part of what we're talking about. We're also bringing people into the the experience of that. You know, what do these terms that we're all hearing buzzing around mean? Regenerative agriculture, um, no-till, cover crops. Um, our homegrown village is where we're going to do a lot of that education. You yeah. mentioned that earlier. Um, the homegrown village is a hands-on area of the Farm Aid Festival where festival it's goers- super cool. It's yeah. super cool. It's a festival it inside it's a festival. Fun. Exactly. And they can dig their hands in literally um, into the soil, it, you know, into the compost bin, um, into a cheese making process or yeah. um, beekeeping. Um, and um, that's, you know, experiential learning is, I think, how we best learn, you know, to be in the farmer's footsteps, um, to be immersed in the processes and understand, oh, that's what it means when we say cover crops, or that's what it means when we say, um, you know, uh, drip irrigation, you know, these are, these are not necessarily things maybe that we're going to necessarily incorporate into our own gardens or at home. Um, but they're things we can learn about and understand the mechanics of, and then support in, in the farms that we support or support in policy or support when we go to the grocery store. Um, so, uh, we all, we all have a part to play, but farmers yeah. are absolutely essential in the climate conversation. So we're going to be sharing 
stories of how they're impacted by climate um, and also how they can impact climate and, and um, bring us climate solutions. Um, it's an urgent thing. You know, you look at what's been unfolding the past couple of weeks with our extreme weather. We had those horrific um, flood events in Kentucky. Yeah. In California, we have this huge wildfire um, and we have drought and um, those impact farmers first and foremost. Yeah. Also, you know, um, communities of color and, and um, under-resourced communities are dealing with, that's partially what we saw in Kentucky. Um, the infrastructure is just crumbling because we, we went in and we extracted all the natural resources from those mining areas. And then, you know, the Bless. jobs dried up and the tax base dried up and nobody fixed the roads and, um, and the soil, you know, has no capacity to absorb that water anymore. We can't do that anymore. We can't do that to our natural resources or our rural communities and the people who live there. Um, and so, you know, again, it, it all connects. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah, climate change is the biggest next, you know, uh, crisis that we're all facing. Um, so Farm Aid intended to focus on it in 2020 and then COVID struck. Um, so, you know, we're moving from one disaster in which farmers were essential to, to the next disaster um, that we all, all feel. I mean, COVID and climate change touch all of us. Um, well, and, and family farmers are it's super impactful. I mean, it's super, super important to have um, this conversation and the farmers be included um, because these, these natural resources, to your point, these natural resources, you know, statistics, 40 more years of topsoil in our American farms. That's something that's pretty scary to think about. You know, I don't even know how to think about that, to be really honest with you. I mean, to me, it's like, holy crap, right? So there's a lot to talk about. I will say, though, and I want to get into this because I want to get in, you know, I want to talk a little bit now about the show coming up September 24th, Raleigh, North Carolina. Um, but for folks that get an opportunity to go, go to the show, get into the homegrown village and hang out. It is an absolute blast. You're going to open up your eyes to things you didn't realize that were there. I highly recommend checking it out. You got time to bop in and out and see whoever artist you want to see or hang out, do what you want, you know, but it's, it's certainly worth your time and energy to go through it. So I want to give a shout out to that, but I want to get into it a little bit. Let's talk about it. September 24th, Raleigh, North Carolina, just a small little lineup of people, you know, some small guys are playing bars every once in a while on a Saturday night. Let's run through the list. You got Willie Nelson. I mean, a guy, what can you say there? John Mellencamp puts on a great show. Dave Matthews and Tim Reynolds. If you've had a chance to see those two play together before, you already know if you haven't, they're unbelievable. Margo Price, she's outstanding. Chris Stapleton, Cheryl Crow, uh, Nathaniel Ratliff and the Night Sweats, who are an absolute blast to see live. Uh, Lucas Nelson and the Promise of the Real, Allison Russell, Charlie Crockett, Brittany Spencer, and the Particle Kid, and who knows what other surprises might be. But what an amazing lineup and what an amazing day. To your point, it's 12 plus hours. You know, Will, Willie goes on late at night. It's, 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 you know, it's late by the time Willie gets going, but it's a blast. It truly is. I mean, it's an amazing lineup. It is. And again, all these artists come on their own dollar. Um, yeah. They donate their performance. They bring their band. They bring all their equipment. Um, so many of them play now year after year. They've had this commitment because, you know, in the case of Margot, she comes from a farming community. Her grandparents lost their farm in 1984 before Farm Aid was even started. Um, she saw that 
uh, impact on her family. Um, and she's raising kids and she wants good food for her kids and she's bringing them out to the farmer's market and they're, you know, petting the chickens and, and understanding where their food comes from. It's another way that people connect to the issue. Um, Chris Stapleton, I mentioned Kentucky. He's been out in Kentucky helping on the um, relief effort there. He comes from rural communities. Yeah. He knows the impact of farmers. He wants to support them. Um, Dave Matthews and John Mellencamp and Willie Nelson have just been there for family farmers for all these years and they won't quit, which is incredible. Um, and then you have new voices, new voices that are coming in because they also get it. Yeah. You know, they yeah. probably also are excited to share the stage with Willie Nelson, which always happens at the end of the night. We have a, a big finale and everyone's up on stage. Um, but, you know, I just spoke with Brittany Spencer's team um, the other day and, and she's really interested. She comes from Baltimore. So she's interested in how does um, how do people get healthy food? Um, she, yeah. Her family has been impacted by um, diet related disease and, and she really wants to um, support good food and food access for everyone who um, who needs it. Charlie Crockett as well. I'm really excited to talk with him about his background. He grew up in a farming community in Texas and right. is deeply influenced by the blues um, and the musical tr uh, traditions that come out of agriculture. Um, and of course, Lucas Nelson and Particle Kid, which is Micah Nelson, Willie, they're Willie's sons. And they grew up on the farm aid stage um, right. and they live, live and breathe um this mission so um and um allison russell came to oh, the first correct. farm aid that she did last year she um connected so deeply um and was just a wonderful artist to work with and immediately said i want to come back this year so and cheryl crow as well she's been there multiple times and and yeah. she does some agricultural um work herself in her personal life and and is a very strong supporter of Farm Aid. So yeah, incredible music all day long um, and people who are there because their heart is in the mission, which I think is the best thing about Farm Aid. Absolutely right. And I know like, and I know that some of the artists, I know Margaret Price is going to be speaking, you know, out in the homegrown village to people. She's She's got a session. Uh, several artists are going to be available to talk about their experiences and different topics. So, I mean, you know, they're getting out in front of people. They're, they're, they're getting in front and talking about what they believe in. And it's, you know, beyond just, coming up and doing six songs in bail and it's legit. I mean, to your point, it's really important. So will the, will the concert be broadcast for those? It will. Yes. Gonna, yes. Are, where are you going to be this year again? You back on. We're back on circle, um, right. which is a, um, a country music network, um, which right. is new and, and they've been great partners with us. Um, and we're also of course on our own website, farming.org and on our YouTube channel, we stream all day long. Um, so you can catch all the performances and, um, yeah, we're, we're it's really exciting. glad to have people from home. Yeah. People tune in from all over the world. Um, I love it. How about ticket information? Where do they, can they go to the website? Uh, yep. All the information is on our website. You can go directly to livenation.com to get your tickets. I will say they're, they're moving pretty quickly. So they're if you do close, want they're to, probably, uh, probably gone by the time, the time we drop this in a little bit, they're probably all gone uh, right now, but if not, who knows, get on there, scalp them, yeah. pay more money. Let's go get there. You're going to love it. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's truly, it's truly one of the most fun music, um, events of this large scale not you know we're not a singular you know band or a couple one or two it really is it's one of the funnest days you'll ever have because the vibe is so different than anything else i've ever been to 
and experience. It's just, I don't know, there's something about it, whether you're out in the homegrown village, whether you're getting a beer, no matter what it is, there's just something about that atmosphere that comes from this event that it, that almost just keeps going as it starts to, you know, as the night goes on. And by the time it, you know, Willie gets going, it's just, everybody's just in a frenzy of just feeling great and having a great time and celebrating something so important as, as our American farmers. It's super, super cool. It is. And we, we haven't come up, you know, there's the dead heads and the fish heads. Do they call them that? Fish. Uh, yep. Some bands have fans that go everywhere. We have that too. We haven't come up with the name for who they are, but we do have a contingency that comes from Canada every year. They call themselves the Farmadians. Oh, um, done. We need t-shirts. <laughs> Look, it's incredible. People come from all over. We also have people, you know, from Canada's international, but pretty close. We, we have people who come from New Zealand and yeah. Germany. And, um, it's, it's, yeah, it's really special and unique. And um, one of my favorite moments um, was in 2016. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm usually working. We all work. All of the staff members at Farm Aid take on a concert role. And um, so it's a it's a busy people say, oh, do you get to go to the concert? And I say, well, I don't get to go. I'm working yeah. for 20 hours straight. Um, but yes, I get to go. And, and it's my favorite day of the year. But um, in 2016, I came out. I always do a circle. I go get some homegrown concessions and I just take in the environment. And I, I bumped into this farmer from West Virginia and um, he was just beaming. And he came up to me and he said, I feel like a rock star today. And that makes me yeah. tear up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what it's all about, you know? Yeah. And, um, and to see that and to see people, you know, eating their um, sausage and uh, talking to the Missouri farmers who raised it, um, who come every year um, and, and talking about how they raise their hogs on pasture and um, outdoors where hogs are supposed to be raised. Um seeing those connections made, I think changes, changes people. Um, another great moment I've had over the years is in 2014, when we were last in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, at the press event, we, um, showed films of farmers. Um, it was mm -hmm. the first year we did that. Now we do that every year. Um, yeah. we go out and we film farmers um, telling their story and it's a way that people can walk in those footsteps of the farmer and, and really hear directly from them. And um, we had interviewed some contract poultry growers who had managed to get out of that system, um, which is extremely oppressive um, and, um, and damaging. Uh, farmers often leave contract poultry in bankruptcy. Yeah. Um, and these two farmers told their story and it was so moving. And the next day I was in the airport going back home and people were coming up to me and they were saying, Thank you for telling me that story. I had no idea. And I am completely changing the way that I think about chicken and how I purchase it and how I feed it to my family. And chicken is one of those meats that we, you know, if, if you're a meat eater, you eat a lot of it. Yeah. Um, and people don't know how most of the chicken in this country is grown. And it's grown in ways that are not good for the environment or the chickens or especially the farmers and the rural communities yeah. that are around them. So, um, so those are the moments, you know, when you, when you see people having those realizations or making those connections and making those changes in their own lives or, or feeling like I'm a farmer and I spend every day working alone. And here I am at the show and everyone is saying, thank you for being a farmer. That's yeah. what it's all about. Well, I think it's so eye-opening and you, you brought up a really good point. You know, I think a lot of people in this country think that, you know, chickens come from a place with 
50 million chickens. Oh, they do. Or cows come in place with 50,000 head. They do. But the vast majority have 50 head of cattle, 35 head of cattle. That's the American farmer in a lot of ways. And I think we lose sight of that. And I think it's important that we lean in and recognize how many farmers there are in this country and the difference that they make. And just because you're in Washington, you know, maybe you're not being impacted by that farmer in South Carolina, but that farmer in South Carolina is valuable to his community. He is a true part of community agriculture. So he may be going to North Carolina and that's as far as his, his products will travel, but that's far enough, right? That's good enough because it's feeding America and that's what we need to be mindful of. I got one final question for you, if, if you don't mind, with our time. And I know we've been going for a while and I, I'm, I'm glad we have. I'm glad we have the extra time, to be honest with you, because I love this topic so much. If there is a call to action that you could give folks besides, you know, get to the concert and get to the homegrown village and have a great time, what would it be? Um, I, I think it's pretty simple. Uh, it's, it's connect, you know, it's connect to yeah. your local farmers, connect to your local food system, um, make connections. If just take a step, um, you know, if, if you're interested in a particular food item or the way something is grown, if you're interested in chicken, for instance, or you want to learn more about beef, um, just take that one step because I think that the knowledge and the connection um, brings you deeper and yeah. gives you a greater appreciation. The other thing I like to say too is like go to the farmer's market and get some good food and then make a meal for somebody and tell them about the farmer that grew the tomato or if you grew it yourself, you know, tell them about um, your connection to that farmer or that farmer's market and how much joy it brings you. And, and that brings joy to other people. And it just spreads the mission. It's I love it. again, it's one of these missions that enhances our lives and brings us joy. So spread the love. Yeah, I agree. And how much, and by the way, how much love have we raised in the course of since 1985? Uh, more than $64 million. Boom. Um, I love yeah. it. And a large chunk of that has gone right back out to the countryside. There are farmers and there are rural and, and agrarian people all across this country who have incredible solutions. And, um, and we're supporting the work that they're doing in their communities on the ground and building from the, the ground up. I love it. I'm just, I'm so, so grateful for you to hang out with me today. So grateful for everybody at Farm Aid and what you do. And yes, you know, it's, it's Willie and it's John and it's Neil and it's Dave and it's Mark. I get all that, but it's, it's really you and your team and everybody else behind the scenes that uh, are working that 20 hour day to make it happen. So from everybody on my team here and from the bottom of my heart, thank you and everybody at staff at, at Farm Aid for what you do because it's incredible work. It's a very big lift. It is so necessary. Um, so just, I wanna make sure you hear that from me and how much we appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. We all feel very lucky to do it. Um, yeah, well, your job doesn't suck. Let's be honest. No, it doesn't. People. Come on. <laughs> You're hanging That's out with farmers sure. and cool people. Yeah, it doesn't suck. Yeah. So I appreciate you being here. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciated our conversation. Cool. Everybody, Farm Aid, September 24th, Raleigh, North Carolina. Get your tickets. Go online. Do what it takes. Donate. If you can't make it, check them out on YouTube. Check out them out on television, the whole nine yards. It is really, really an impactful experience. And if you have the opportunity, please go. Tell them I sent you. You might help you. I have it. probably won't do diddly squat for you, but it sounded good to say. Thanks, everybody, for watching. As we do every time we have our broadcast, it's all about inspiring. It's about uplifting and inspiration. If we can't touch your heart about the American farmer, 
from this conversation, I don't know what to do. Give me a call. I'll come over, give you some CPR, a little, I don't know, Red Bull, something to get you pumped up. But this is such an important topic. Lean into it. Find out how to get involved. Get involved in your own community. Get involved nationally. Take time. Invest in the American farmer. It's what we got to do to survive and make this planet better. Thank you for listening. Check us out on social media. We go where the cool kids are. So we're all over social media. Be a part of it. Thanks for being here. Thank you again, Jennifer. I appreciate you. Much love to you and everybody there. Don't stop. Keep lifting. We appreciate it. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.